You are tuned to the Folk Music Notebook, your ticket to a virtual folk festival 24-7. And welcome back to Traditions. I'm Ron Alesco, and this program is coming to you on WFUFM and folkmusicnotebook.com. You've been listening over the last few weeks. You know, we've been playing some songs from a beautiful new CD called Fare Thee Well, a Joan Baez tribute. And it's produced by an artist by the name of Nina Ricci. We've been playing Nina's music for a while. She came out with a wonderful album in, in 2018. And now this brand new CD paying tribute to one of folk music's icons, uh, a woman who also retired last year supposedly I, I still question that i think we'll see joan baez some more uh but i'm so honored that today we have nina ricci with us from her home in tennessee nina how you doing hi ron it's a pleasure to be here i'm doing quite well uh we you should be doing well because this this new album is obviously a a labor of love and it it came out just just wonderful i mean i i'm kind of surprised because i have not really heard anyone do a tribute to joan baez in all these years i've seen a lot of albums that have uh, paid tribute to other artists but here's a woman who opened up so many doors in folk music and her recordings especially her early ones have been uh something that all of us in folk music have treasured and, and have been inspired by. Um, tell us a little bit about the process. How did you decide to, to do this? Well, as you were saying, um, Joan uh, was going on her farewell tour last year. And uh, I, I had read it in Rolling Stone magazine online. And uh, I had just opened a show for Michael Jonathan of the Woodsong's Old Time Radio Hour. And um, after, after opening for him the next day, he, he sent me a message and he said, Nina, you know, Joan is going on her farewell tour and uh, it would be great if you would do a tribute to her. And it, it was like he was saying something that was already in my heart to do. And it, it felt like that, it felt like kismet. It felt like this was for me um, because she had such an influence on, on my music and on my development as a teenager. Um, so I, I immediately took, took to this project, so like, a, like a duck in water, I guess you might say. <laughs> um, he kind of even told me, you know, it should be that first album because it was like a, a cornerstone of her career. Yeah. Well, you, um, I, you've, you started out in music uh, through your family. I mean, your father was a songwriter from what I understand. That's true. Uh, yes. And I suppose you, know, you got exposed to a lot of different kinds of music from what I understand in your, in your career, but uh, you know, you're a young woman and, and to go back to an old album from the early 1960s, uh, that's honestly unusual for someone of your generation. What, what was it that, that attracted you to Joan Baez with so many choices out there? Well, it, it's funny. I was, um, I was kind of into rock and roll music in my teen years. I was listening to the Beatles and, uh, eventually, uh, I was going through my dad's cassette collection and I was picking up things like Tom Waits and Bruce Springsteen. He had many cassettes of, of Bruce Springsteen. And uh, finally, once I listened to all that I could of Bruce, um, I, I started checking the library to see if there was anything else. And I picked up uh, the Pete Seeger sessions, We Shall Overcome. And that was just like a tributary into folk music. It, it, um, it opened my mind to Americana 
pairing all of these uh, different American, uh, American styles uh, meshed together in that album just was, it was eye-opening um, and ear-opening. And, uh, and from there, I started listening to Bob Dylan and Joan Baez. Um, I actually learned of Joan Baez in a, a kind of a silly way. I was watching Forrest Gump and I just picked up on one little line that I think people don't really think of. Um, Jenny says, I want to be a singer like Joan Baez. And I, I said that to my dad and he goes, really? <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't know who she was. So I checked out the soundtrack and I listened to Blowing in the Wind and, and that uh, kind of just put me on the path. I, I started listening to her earlier stuff first, the first 10 years, uh, that album. So it, it, it kind of gave me an overview of, of Joan. Uh, her early years. And then by the time I got to Berkeley, I picked up that 1960 album and uh, sat on the floor of my triple decker apartment and just <laughs> took it all in. So, Well, you know, I, even before this album came out, when your, when your first album came out in 2018, uh, it was a beautiful de debut album called Designs on Me. And it was original songs that you wrote. Uh, but even listening to that, and there, oh, by the way, there was a great song you did about Folk City on that album that uh, I, I guess sort of uh, gave us a clue as to what <laughs> what your next project would be. But you know, as I was listening to that album, I said, "Gee, the voice is so unique. It's it, it it's reminiscent of, of a young Joan Baez, and also I've heard people uh, liken you a bit to Dolly Parton. But yet, it's it's you're all, you're very unique. But did you did you develop your own style, or is this basically just what came out?" As you started to sing? It, it is sort of what just came out. Um, uh, growing up, I actually kind of wasn't into music. I, I took piano lessons and I started to gravitate towards the guitar, but uh, I, I thought I was going to be a guitarist. I thought I was going to be like Brian May of Queen and play the electric guitar. But as I started to gravitate towards, um, towards my dad's Alvarez acoustic, uh, I started to think, well, maybe I should write a song. And so I, I wrote a song and of course I had to back myself up with singing. And uh, that eventually led to me kind of discovering that I had a voice. And um, uh, I, uh, while I was in, in um, Rhode Island, my, my dad had passed away and I had gone to his funeral service and uh, an old friend up there came and he heard that I was starting to experiment with music and he said, you know, you should go to Berkeley. And it was the first time I'd ever heard of, of Berkeley College of Music and I started to kind of... Um, uh, look around and see, you know, what it was and if it might be something I'd be interested in. And uh, I ended up um, auditioning. As my mom tells it, um, she thought it would be a great lesson in rejection because oh. I was homeschooled and I had never really sung out for anybody before, but they didn't reject me. They accepted me into the school and I had vocal lessons there. I think that, um, that Jones, through her, through her music, I kind of learned about things like vibrato and and how to handle words because um, I always found out found that she had a very proper way of of handling words and that appealed to me because when you're a songwriter you want all of your words to count so mm -hmm. um, I learned a lot from her I learned a lot from my teachers yeah well it, it certainly paid off uh, I'd like to give our audience a little sample of your of your work now we'll, we'll take one of the tracks from the new album again the CD is called Fare Thee Well a Joan Baez tribute and you basically recorded her first album in the original lineup uh, but it's still uniquely yours Here, here's Nina Ricci singing Silver Dagger Don't sing love songs You'll wake my mother 
That was Nina Ricci and Silver Dagger from an album that Nina has just put out called Fare Thee Well, a Joan Baez tribute. A brilliant album that that's Joan recorded uh, well, about 60 years ago, believe it or not. Time sure flies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, Nina, we've been talking about your, um, your, your, your journey to get to this point. Now, you were in Berkeley. Uh, which is in Boston, which is where Joan Baez got her start. Um, I understand you've, you've played at Club Passim. Uh, any other, other haunts or any other friends that you may have met for, uh, from those early days of Joan Baez that helped inspire you? It, well, you know, it's really funny. When I was in school, I did not get out that much to play. but uh, And I also did not know that there was folk music. I, I was, you know, I was in my own little world. I had my blinders up. Uh, but I was, I was starting to search out uh, folk music and I didn't really realize I was, I was in that, I was in that pocket where all the folk music was happening there in, in Cambridge and Boston. And, uh, and finally I kind of stepped, stepped into that world and, and realized where I was. Um, I, I got to do a tribute to uh, Pete Seeger at Club Passim. It was, um, led by Bruce Malski and, uh, that was very neat. I saw there was a Joan, uh, a picture on the wall and I thought, okay, what is this? And then I realized it was club 47. It just had moved around the corner. Mm-hmm. And, um, from, uh, I have to skip ahead a little bit because I actually got to meet one of, one of her old friends, uh, uh, Frank Hamilton. 
Does oh, that sure. name ring a bell? It is. Frank's actually been a guest on the show years ago. Yeah, still going <laughs> <Awesome>. strong. <laughs> yes, yes. He is, uh, he's down in Atlanta, or Decatur, actually, and he's got a school down there. And I got to visit him last year when I was on tour. Um, uh, he had been in the Boston folk scene and traveled to the Chicago folk scene and played in, in the Gate of Horn. And it was just really neat to meet someone who actually knew her and who was a legitimate folky himself. Yeah. He's awesome. Uh, yeah, he was, he was one of the people that replaced Pete Seeger in the Weavers uh, way back when. And still the tradition carries on. Um, so you were at Berkeley. Uh, what, what did you study at Berkeley? What was your major there? I started out in performance, um, but I realized that uh, as much uh, experience as I was going to get when I got out of Berkeley, I needed to kind of um, broaden my horizons a little bit more. So I switched to professional music and uh, started to pick up on music business, songwriting, and then I uh, included a minor. Uh, they just started introducing minors into the curriculum, and so I, st I studied uh, American roots music as a minor. Mm -hmm. That's very good. And, and it gives you a background, which I, I guess eventually prepared you for this, this album, because the original album that Joan did was pure American folk songs. And uh, uh, one of my favorite of all of her albums. Uh, now, did you get it? Did you ever get to see Joan Baez? I never have, oh. sadly. But it's funny, I was when I was on tour last year, it was my first tour and it was her last tour. And I was kind of tagging along behind her because um, she had been down in Atlanta uh, playing and then I just came right down there and uh, I was on a radio show and met Frank Hamilton right after she was there. So. Uh, well, you've um, you know you've become part of the folk music community now since you now have two albums out. Um, but <laughs> that what, I guess that wasn't your plan though when you were at Berkeley. What what were you working towards? Were you planning to to follow the singer songwriter route or did you have other aspirations? Uh, yeah, I think I always, I think I always did. I, the only reason I couldn't find the folk music is I didn't know where it, quite where it was. And there were so many other genres around. So I was kind of like the lone folky. In uh -huh. fact, I, I took a, I got into a jazz ensemble called the Great American Songbook Ensemble. And as I was singing up there, um, the, uh, the bass player in the back said, you sound like a folky who's lost her way. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I'm glad you found your way. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the album, um, again, it's called Fare Thee Well, a Joan Baez tribute. Um, I, you know, I guess it's in, in some ways it's daunting. I mean, you could have done an album of Joan Baez music throughout her career, uh, but you chose that very first iconic album to, to record. Uh, did you feel... Uh, I don't know, threatened is not the right word, but did, did you feel that you had, to, you know, some big shoes to fill here? Um, you know, everybody knows these songs. I'm uh, adding something of your own to it. I mean, I, what, how did you approach it? It was very daunting. Um, uh, you know, vocally, she's, a, she's just a, a, a genius, a, a monster of sorts in a very good way. And as a good guitarist, she is, uh, she's standalone. She's wonderful. Um, uh, as, it was it was a challenge i'll have to say um i started singing some of these songs while i was still at berkeley and i would take them to my uh, vocal teachers and i'm like i want to do this can i do this and uh, i i found that i just needed to to um focus on my own voice and um, and interpreting the songs the way that that i felt that they needed to come across that's one thing i've learned so much from listening to other folk singers and meeting them in person 
is uh, that they embody the song. So it's not just about executing a song, it's about uh, becoming that character in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I thought that that was the most important part about this album. Um, yeah. Yeah, one, one of the things that I've always um, had an issue with in, in, in many ways is that a lot of people approach some of these songs like they were museum pieces, <laughs> you know, that this is the way it was sung, this is the way it has to be sung. But yet you've, you've, you know, although you're very close to what Joan was doing, you've certainly made it your own. Um, as you were putting this together, did you see some things that Joan was doing that you decided, you know, I have to do this a little bit differently? Yes, definitely. Um, Fare Thee Well, that track, um, it was very daunting for me. She, she has all those highs in her voice, and I sometimes do that, but it, I, I wanted to kind of change it to make it something that I could... Um, that I could actually bring something to. So uh, I ended up flipping the melody a little bit and uh, singing it to myself as a harmony first, and then starting to take that harmony and work it into uh, its new space as being the melody. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to save that song <laughs> for the end, but you know, right now, why don't we uh, play uh, one of one, another song from the CD? This one has always been one of my favorites. Uh, 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 from that original Joan Baez album, and you certainly do this uh, justice. Uh, it's John Riley. Here's Nina Ricci. Well, if he's in 
That was Nina Ricci and John Riley from her new album, Fare Thee Well, a Joan Baez tribute. And uh, we have Nina with us today, uh, virtually, because of, of obviously COVID-19. You were, you were going to be in our studio this spring, then obviously uh, your plans changed. Uh, and, you know, the whole thing with COVID, obviously, uh, you know, releasing an album during this time, um, that's a challenge in itself. Uh, you know, you, you can't tour, you... Uh, have a harder time to get this this music out there has it been difficult i mean i know you've done some online things but have you found it uh difficult to get this music heard well to be honest with you i feel like there's a lot of listening ears sitting at home now so i feel like that people are kind of searching for music and they're um yeah i, I feel like it's it's kind of been a, a good restart for a lot of people for me, I was on the, the road for a year, living on the road. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I kind of needed the break to be able to rejuvenate and to write some new things. Um, so I, I built up my fan base a little bit last year, and I started introducing people to the idea of this album. I also crowdfunded the album. So I allowed my fans, Jones fans, anybody who loved folk music uh, to, to be a part of the process. So it's been a, it's just, it really has been a labor of love. Yeah, um, it, and it certainly pays off. Uh, uh, you know, uh, as a songwriter, I mean, there is one song that, that you wrote for Club 47 um, that we're going to end our, our little visit today. That'll come up a little bit later. But, you know, as a songwriter who, who has written some beautiful songs from your first album, you know, this is kind of a different direction now. Here you are doing it. Is, does that change your songwriting? I mean, are you still writing as we're... Uh, I'm still writing. Yeah. Uh, while I was on the road, I didn't write as much. And um, I, I had plans to do this particular tribute song to Joan, but it wasn't until right before I went into the studio that I was able to 
actually just gather the inspiration, have the time to do it, and sit down and, and you know, make the magic. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> uh, where, where was the album recorded? It was recorded at Jump Dog Audio Productions in Sarasota, Florida. Mm-hmm. Did you produce it yourself or did you have a, a producer on it? I did. Uh, my mother is also in the studio with me when I do, do these things. So she, she's kind of the outer ears. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm in here uh, again with my blinders up listening to the songs, but she gets to, she listens as an audience member. So yeah, she does part of the production. She also did some lovely photographs of you that appear on, on the album cover as well. <laughs> she's quite good. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. I should mention that uh, the, there is a photograph on there that uh, is very iconic um, that was taken by Stephen H. Fenergian at the Club 47 in probably 1959, maybe right after Folk Singers Round Harvard Square was done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was Joan's you know, precursor to her first national release. So mm-hmm. uh, he gave me permission to use that for the album and uh, couldn't have, it was the inspiration behind the Club 47 half of my song, so. Right. Do you know if Joan's got to hear any of this yet? I have no idea. I know, uh, I, I know, I know she's uh, somewhat on Facebook anyway, or somebody is putting her, putting her out there. I'm I'm hoping it reaches her. Oh, I, I hope so too. I, I know that uh, there's a story. Um, she discovered I don't know what folk show it was, but she happened to tune into a radio station a few years ago. And she heard Zoe Mulford uh, and her song, uh, 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 the, the, my president sang Amazing Grace, and she recorded a beautiful version of it. So hopefully, hopefully, because your album's getting a lot of airplay all across the country, that, uh, that she'll pick up on it, too. It'd be, it'd be lovely to hear her reaction to it. Well, I'd, I'd love to hear another song from this. How about Rake and Rambling Boy? Uh, would you like to introduce this? Any, any things that you may have learned about these songs as you were doing it? Well, this is a British broadside ballad. Uh, it sounds a bit like a kind of an old Western, um, you know, not, not pub, what's the word, saloon song. But mm-hmm. it's really from England. So you learn something new about folk music every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Nina Ricci, Rake and Rambling Boy. Oh 
And that was Rake and Rambling Boy from Nina Ricci. Beautiful new album, Fare Thee Well, a, tr a Joan Baez tribute. Uh, Nina has re basically, I wouldn't say re-recorded, but re- Reinterpreted. Reinterpreted, that's the word, thank you. <laughs> Reinterpreted Joan Baez's very first album. And uh, there's also an original song that, that, uh, that Nina wrote that we're going to hear in just a few minutes. Uh, Nina's with us today through the, uh, the magic of the internet. Um, uh, Nina, this is just such a, an amazing project. And uh, I, you were working on this for about a year now, right? A little over a year, I guess. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, and as we mentioned before, you know, with COVID-19 kind of changing the touring plans, uh, are you hoping to get back out on the road maybe in 2021 if things look better? I hope so. I have a few dates towards the end of the year in Louisiana and Florida. Um, if, if all goes well, I'd like to go and do those, but um, otherwise I'll probably be back in, in New Jersey, um, probably in April. Oh, <laughs> we'll have to have it come on the show and perform for us live in that, in that time. <laughs> of course, we can't get into our studios right now either because of this, but hopefully by April things will get better. Um, are, are you working on any other projects? I mean, now that you've got this out, uh, you know, always got to move forward. <laughs> I sure am. I'm, I'm planning to release a couple of a couple more singles um, and one original single. Uh, nobody really knows that yet. A few of my fans do, but um, it'll be a seasonal single coming out in October. Oh, lovely. Love, look, looking forward to that. <laughs> well, Nina, if our, our listeners would like to get in touch with you and find out how they can uh, get a copy of the album, uh, how can they uh, reach you? You can reach me via my website. It's ninaritchiemusic.com. That's N-I-N-A-R-I-C-C-I music.com. Uh, you can message me there, subscribe to my newsletter, and also um, you can buy the CD as a digital download or a, or a CD. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Nina, I, again, I want to thank you for, for spending some time with us today, and, and thank you for recording this album. You know, traditional folk music, uh, unfortunately, these days seems to get uh, less attention. Uh, everybody's a singer-songwriter. Nothing wrong about singer-songwriters. I love no. it. But I, I loved when, when people like yourself, especially young people like yourself, you know, throw the spotlight on these songs and, and kind of introduce them to new audiences. So, even, so even when I play in sets on stage, I like to introduce these traditional songs among my originals. So yeah. nice when you can tie them in. Absolutely. Well, you did write an original song that uh, ends the album. Uh, it's called Club 47, Fare Thee Well, Joan. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about this song? I'd love to. Um, as I sat down to write a tribute song to Joan, I, I already had the idea to say, Fare Thee Well, Joan. I wanted to be able to um, say thank you for the music and, and wish her well as, uh, as she was retiring. As you said, I'm not sure she's done, but <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I think she was saying uh, farewell to her international overseas audience. And I wanted to kind of throw a nod to them as well um, in the song. But as I, as I sat down, uh, I actually started to write a totally different song. I mm -hmm. wrote Club 47 first. And uh, I think it was because I was listening to, or I was watching, Mah! no, no, no. I was uh, reading um, a, a book about uh, the old Cambridge folk scene called uh, Baby Let Me Follow You Down. Yes, great book. And that was very inspiring as well as I was uh, uh, reading the beginning of Joan's memoir uh, where she had moved from California to Boston and started uh, uh, playing in the coffee houses. And I just 
I, I went with that thought first and I wanted to kind of capture where she began. And uh, after I finished that song, I put it aside and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. This was not the plan. Um, but I started writing a totally different song and it, be, it was more modern. And I thought, this is, this is strange, but I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll go on, I'll go on this, um, this little bit of inspiration. And uh, I was um, telling Joan, this is how I came to your music and this is how it impacted me. And I just want to say thank you. And um, I was just remembering her 60 years in music with, with that back half of the song. And I joined them together and I thought, this is, this is how it's supposed to be. This is a medley. It works well and we're about to hear it. Nina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Ron. It's a pleasure to be on your show today. And now let's listen to Club 47, Fare Thee Well, Joan from Nina Ritchie. Club 47 
Nina Ritchie. Piece called Club 47, Fare Thee Well, Joan. And that's from her new album, Fare Thee Well, a tribute to Joan Baez. And I'd like to thank Nina for joining us today from her home in Tennessee. Uh, she's done some amazing work on this album, and she's a voice that I think we'll be hearing more from in our folk community. This is her second album. Uh, she did a beautiful album a few years back, and now this. And uh, she's writing new music, as you heard her mention. And hopefully, in 2021, she'll be touring again, and we'll have her back on the program. If you'd like to find out more about her music, you can go to her website, ninarichiemusic.com. I'm Ron Alesco, and you're listening to Traditions on WFUFM and folkmusicnotebook.com. We have some uh, time left in our show today, and...